podcast here. I'm filling in for Brother Gary Blanks because today I get to interview Brother Gary's wife. This is Miss Amanda Blanks. She's one of our leaders here at church. There's not a really a place in the church as far as kids work at that Miss Amanda don't work. She's a nursery worker. I wrote I wrote down all these things she does. She's a nursery worker there in church. Uh, church. You do children's church sometimes too, don't you? Mm-hmm. You don't do children's church because you're smart. She's a Celebrate Recovery leader. The nursery at the church is where you send people you don't like. No, that's just a joke. Uh, she's a Celebrate Recovery leader. She's a lady ministry leader here at the church, uh, Celebrate Recovery Women. She's a wife to Mr. Gary Blanks. <coughs> she has three kids of her own. She's a trusted friend to a lot of these ladies. So we're just going to talk to her a little bit today, get her to figure out, help her see what the Lord's done in her life. Now, how old are you, Miss Man? I am 30. I ain't going to ask you how much you weigh because you know it'll be. Of course, how I much you weigh? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Whatever your weight is, multiply it by, by three. Yeah. Um, where'd you grow up? Um, lots of places. We moved around a lot <laughs> no, when no, I was no. a kid. <laughs> <Y'all> <laughs> we did. Bill, oh, by the way, let me just say thank you to Bill Dollar and Tyler's Treasure running point on. Bill, I asked where she grew up. She said, <laughs> <laughs> that's a town, I guess. Well, I was in Valley, and then um, before that, I was in Marion County. Georgia. So you was in Georgia and Alabama, mm-hmm. you West Georgia, East Tennessee. Okay. Um, did you have a good relationship with your mom and daddy? Mm, um, my daddy, I haven't seen my dad um, in a long time. Him and my mom split when I was about three. Sure. And me and my mom's relationship was rocky there for a while, but we're we're better. We're doing good. You got any brothers and sisters? Yes. I have eight brothers and sisters. There's eight? Eight, there's eight of us all together. Your mom a Mormon? <laughs> That's pretty good. Eight? No one of y'all have no good relationship. <laughs> Um, when did you, what was your life growing up? Did, um, when, when did you first meet Gary? Um, what year? What year? Uh, 2000? 2012, I think. Maybe. Okay. All right. All right. Now tell us about your life. You went to high school, I guess. Maybe you quit or something. Or I did. did. Um, about three months before high school graduation, I dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> them tests. I can't stand them tests. <laughs> I was in a relationship and it was just a real rocky relationship sure. and he had a kid and I, that I was taking care of and it was just, I couldn't do it. I, and I would, lived away from school so I didn't have a ride back and forth sure. guaranteed. So I understand. Taking care of a kid in high school, that probably affected your grades too, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. And so, I was never real good at math. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Now you'd wring your girl's neck. By the way, she has three little beautiful little girls. How old are, how old are the girls now? Five? Um, no. No, Skylie's seven. seven. Everly's fixing to be five. Okay. And then Sophie, she's fixing to be one. One years old. Beautiful little girls. Mm-hmm. Now, if your girls come to you and say, "Mom, I'm going in high school. I'm in twelfth grade, but there's a man I got, but he's got a baby." Your head roll. Your head would come off your shoulders, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I preached about this morning. Sometimes looking back, you wish you could talk to somebody mm-hmm. who's trying to go down the same road you do. I wish I'd have stayed home because what I did was I moved out like right before my 18th birthday sure. and it was right after I moved out that I quit and I sure. just wish I would have stayed at home and right. finished school. Well, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. But now listen to me, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> Eat your vegetables, take your vibes and say your prayers <laughs> and you'll be, you'll be okay. Now, how was you when you, was there some drugs in your life involved in your life somewhere along the way? Yes. Okay. At what, what age did you think did you start maybe experimenting with drugs or how uh, old do you think you were? I was about, I was probably 18. Sure. Maybe. It wasn't too long after I moved out, and I started drinking with my brother. Sure. Um, 
partying all the time. If you had Xanax, I took it. If you right. had pain, whatever. Sure. I was new to it. Um, and then at some point, um, I was introduced to meth. Right. And I was on that for about probably, I think, four years. And right. So that was the thing that kind of got you. Mm -hmm. And pills wasn't the baby was that meth. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Now, uh, did you meet Gary? Did the meth kind of lead we you down the path? We met in addiction. You met, mm -hmm. met in addiction. Okay. Yes. So neither one of y'all were good for each other at that point. No. No. I, I understand. So that was about 2012. Mm -hmm. And um, so what? What? Uh, where did you meet Gary at? Was it a business? Were y'all working together or something? Nope. It was a drug house. Drug house? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's uh, fast forward. I guess Gary, get the stuff that went on in his life with the police and everything, y'all were together, I suppose, and that, that forced you to seek help maybe through police, celebrate recovery or something? How, what got you to celebrate recovery? Um, Gary got me to celebrate recovery. Um, we had split up in his addiction because yep. I had become sober True. and I could not deal with it anymore right. with the girls. So we had split up. We stayed split up for um, a little while, maybe a year and a half, two years, yep. something like that. And when I got back with him, he was already, he already had a year sober under his belt okay. and was already involved in celebrate recovery. Okay. And so I started coming with him. Let's back up. You said something very important. You had, or you had gotten sober. You walked yes. away from. It. Now, what what was the circumstances surrounding that? What got you sober? I couldn't get high anymore. Why couldn't you get? You just whatever you do wouldn't get high. Just wasn't affecting you, huh? I would smoke a bowl of meth, and I would still want to go to sleep. I'd still be hungry. When I first started, it gave me this tingly feeling all over my body, and sure. just made me feel strong i guess you could say but at some point it just stopped working i mean i was just the only reason i did it was because other people around me were doing it but right. i wasn't getting anything from it and i had done got to where i would smoke with you know with friends or right. whatever that would come over sure. and then i would take some sleeping pills to try and go to sleep oh gee. and yeah. I, I, I it was dangerous i was trying sure. to play dangerous game because i couldn't get high anymore so i decided i just didn't want to so somewhere along the way you had your first child Yes, about, um, let's see, I stopped smoking meth in um, December 8th of, I want to say 2013, sure, maybe. Sure. Um, and I got pregnant with my first baby in February of 2014. Or, no kidding. Yeah, 2014. I got pregnant a few months after being Well, thank December. God for that. And you just never went back to that. Never. Yeah, I understand. So you would would you tell somebody, some young lady out here, her friend's smoking dope, meth, whatever she's doing, if she don't do something about that, she's probably going to end up going just because of the company you keep. Mm -hmm. Sometimes because that's just the way you do. You want to yeah. be nobody wants to be different. That's not nobody's built with the innate ability to not run around and want to put golfers run with golfers. Well, and people in, at bowl run with people at bowl. And yeah. in the drug life, it's not safe sure. to be sober yeah. around a bunch of people because when I got sober, I was sober for a year before mm. me and Gary split up and I got out of the scene. Sure. And when I, I was accused of being the police, I was accused of having people's doors kicked in because yeah. I wasn't doing anything. Sure. sure. So it just, it wasn't, it's not safe to try and be sober in that kind of an environment. Right. Now, did you have Everly by the time you got left Gary? Because yes. you, look, you looked at Gary and said, listen, well, I got two kids. Yes. You're a dope head. Yes. I'm not, we're not going that way. Mm -hmm. That takes a lot of constitution to do that, to leave it, your husband, boyfriend, whatever, but your baby's daddy. It does. It said enough. So what was the breaking point when you said, no, um, he's not that important for my life and my kid's life? I mean, you just finally say enough after multiple, multiple, multiple times. Well, yeah, um, because it, it was getting to the point where 
he was not coming home at all. He would be gone for a week at a time or two weeks. And um, finally, the point that I was at was when I couldn't get him to come home because the baby needed formula. I understand. And and he would not answer my calls, and I messaged him. And that's when I realized that's more important to him right now. Yeah. And Drug was his wife then. mm -hmm. I understand. Yes. I understand. So let, let, let's fast forward a little bit. So you come to celebrate recovery. Did you go to church as a young lady, as a young little girl? It, it was the holiday yeah, church. I understand. I understand. We went on Mother's Day and yeah. um, Christmas. <laughs> sure, I understand. Did you get saved? When did you get saved? Um, I got baptized when I was a child, but I don't really think I got saved until... Um, I came to First Baptist yeah. Church of Hogansville, right. and forgive me, but I cannot remember the day. The preacher up here raises all kinds of cane about people going to heaven and hell, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, so you guys, I baptized you, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Didn't take. I should have done my part. <laughs> so what, what we're talking about, we're talking to a church leader. Now, this is not just a fly-by-night lady. This is a church leader. I trust her with kids. I trust her with other ladies' lives. So, But we're trying to figure out how she get here. I mean, she wasn't a Sunday school teacher. She wasn't a... Brownie, she wasn't a girl scout. I mean, she was a dope head. And one time you was homeless, right? I was. Well, how long was you homeless? Um, For a few months. It Look. was after a friend of mine had passed away and yeah. got accused of being the police again. And they <laughs> kicked me out of my house. Oh, my gosh. I was sleeping up underneath the bridge for a while. I understand. So, see, we're not talking about somebody that's always had their act together. She got her act together now. But, I mean, you know, we've, we've seen drug addiction. We've seen family problems. We've seen influence. We've seen homelessness. And we may be speaking your language. I mean, it's not, we're not, these aren't dusty theologians. These are people that have walked the tough line. Now, so you got saved here. I did. And uh, would you would you say the greatest strength you've had is when you asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior? Yes. Out of everything that's happened, you good. Would that be the best one? It, yes. Good. And um, so she has, let's see here now. What made you stay sober, you think? Was it your kids? Mm-hmm. So that was a big motivating factor. Mm-hmm. And that's probably a motivating factor in your life because, but we can even see now talking to her and talking to Miss Amanda that even kids, some the drug has such a strong attachment to people that even children can't turn them around. Mm-hmm. But the power of God can, but sometimes you just got to leave. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to, you tell a lady, if he ain't coming home, if he ain't taking care of you, you got to take care of yourself. You tell a lady that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not just that you have to take care of yourself. A lot of times when we're in addiction, it takes us losing everything, mm-hmm. everything and hitting literal rock bottom before we will get sober. Sure. And I left in hopes that he would realize, you know, this is costing me my family. Right. And right. was hoping, you know, that that would kind of help him push towards being sober, um, which it was part of what, you know, it, it that's kind of what got the ball rolling because sure. that's when, you know, he kind of got out of control and that's when things got real bad and he ended up in jail. Yeah. Um, I don't really, th- I think it would have eventually happened, yeah. but it would have took longer if I had not left when I did. But the one point I want to say to you, if you're watching and you find yourself in the situation, Miss Amanda is you don't have to stay in that situation. There's places you can go and help you can get, mm-hmm. get in contact with us. You just, there nobody needs to go hungry. Nobody needs, a lot of times there's physical violence mm-hmm. in situations like this. And you just really, uh, just know there's help. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is willing to help you. And if you need some location, um, um, we can help out with that too. Because we don't, uh, bad things happen. And sometimes you have to be firm. This lady 
took her two dogs, little kids. I mean, Skyler and Everly were little then. Everly was like three months old. Three months old. And she said, you know what? I've got to do something for my child. And uh, that, that takes a lot of gumption, a lot of constitution, a lot of, you know what? I'm worried about my children. I'm also worried about myself. And I want my husband, a boyfriend, whatever he is, get straightened out. Well, we enable people sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm just going to stay here, they'll get better. She'll get better. He'll get better. And they don't ever do it. No. They won't. No, because they know nothing's going to change. They know you're going to get mad. You're going to fuss at them, but you're not going anywhere. That's right. And long, if, if they don't have a reason to change, they're not going to change. Exactly. And uh, so fast forward, Miss Amanda's gotten saved. When I first met Miss Amanda, she was a church mouse. Let me tell you what I mean by that. She wouldn't even say, hey. She walked in and sat down. I thought, what was my real cat? But she has grown. She stands in front of, probably will today at 3 o'clock. She'll probably stand in front of the uh, group, read a verse. Don't you do the scripture sometimes? I do, but <coughs> today I'll be in the nursery. You'll be in the nursery. So just multifaceted human being, and uh, but it's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's talk about since you started coming to recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, would you say reco- Celebrate Recovery has helped you out some? Oh, yes, 100%. What, um, what would be the thing that sticks out to you to help you, not that's good about it, but what has helped you with Celebrate Recovery? Um, it has helped me see myself in a whole new light. Mm-hmm. Um, I have issues that I did not know I had, um, but... And but that's a good thing because then now I can work on those issues. Oh sure. When I first came to celebrate recovery, I came for the food for one because yeah, sure. there was a meal. Sure. Um, and I had three, two kids that I needed to feed uh-huh. and to support Gary. Right. Right. But you know, and when we go around the table, I say, hi, my name's Amanda. I'm here for Gary. Right. Now it's hi, my name's Amanda, and I struggle with addiction and alcohol, and mm-hmm. I've got problems. Sure. And sure. it helps. I mean, but it it's not just that it teaches you about yourself. It gives you the tools that you need mm-hmm. to work on the things that you, you know, realize. Oh well, that's not a good you know quality. Right. That's, sure. I need to change that. Now, Miss Amanda, some people come to celebrate recovery. Mm-hmm. And they just blow in, blow up, and blow out, so to speak. But they come and things start getting tough. There was a time when you came to celebrate recovery, and through the pandemic or celebrate, we had to rearrange this the the schedule here. But mm-hmm. tell us about when you was going to celebrate because there was a little time, not long, it wasn't very long at all. But y'all kind of you kind of pulled away a little bit. We you did. remember? I do. We did. Um, and that was mostly me. Sure. Um, I've never, I haven't said it. I had started drinking mm-hmm. um, because we had just moved out of his mom's house. Sure. And we had got our own place. Mm-hmm. And I'm an adult. Why can't right. I drink? Sure. Why can't we get a six pack That's on right. Friday? Well, it turned into more six packs mm-hmm. and more drinking. And it just, everything was going wrong. My relationship was going wrong. We were getting behind on bills. We were, you know, I, I we were all unhappy at my home. Right. My home was so unhappy. Sure. Until we started coming back. Right. And right. once we finally started coming back and getting back into the groove of things, that's when things started getting better. Sure. And, you know, well, and, and it, I don't want to say they were getting better because obviously things are not cupcakes and rainbows just right. because we come to church. Yeah, no, sure. But it gave us a peace back in our lives that we had lost there sure. for a little while. Right, right. And, you know, there's always... There's just something about being around God's people. Mm-hmm. And there's something about being around people that you can help. Mm-hmm. You, you have a sense of worth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You look at this girl, you know, maybe a girl walks in. She's early 20s, got two kids, husband's a dopehead. I can't do it. I ain't never going to happen with you. You can say, well, hold on a second. Yeah, I've been right where you're at. Yeah. You can't make it. Yeah. So a lot of times just getting away from a fire will get you cold. Mm-hmm. 
You might yeah. not be doing anything wrong. You just ain't near the fire anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. So when you came back, things kind of picked back up just for you. I ain't worried about Gary. I'm talking about mm-hmm. just for you. Picked up pretty good for you. It did. So if somebody was some, if somebody was coming to celebrate recovery and they starting to think about, you know what, I just don't need to go today, what would you tell them? That's when you need to go most. That's right. It's kind of like when people don't feel like praying. Yeah. That's when you all pray the most. That's when, uh, you know, I'm just too tired to read my Bible, baby. Be yeah. careful. That's when the devil comes quick, yeah. isn't it? It is. And uh, he always comes. Because if we're ready to fight him, he's going to mess with us, baby. Yeah. But if when, he knows that we're already kind of lean and back, he's yep. just going to help us go on and lay back. Sure. And you speaking from experience, aren't you? Because yes. I know I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 100%. And like I said, this is an arm chair theologian. We're talking to a lady right now who's walked the walk, and then she's, she's talked the talk, and she's went down them roads. So, uh, um, very important. So somebody out there right now, some young lady or maybe some woman struggling, some mother struggling, what would you say to her? She comes to you and says, what do I need to do? I, I don't have a meth addiction, but I have a husband that does. Yeah. What would you tell her to do? Come to Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. Come to Celebrate Recovery because even though you don't have the addiction, you've got codependency. You've got anxiety. You've got trauma. I mean, there's so much more than just what you you know, just the addiction, Celebrate Recovery is not just for addiction. I feel like it's for life. I mean, sure. um, but you can do it. But in, a, in in our recovery, we have to be selfish. Sure. We, I mean, we have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you're not healthy, you can't take care of anyone else. Sure, sure. Um, but it is possible, and we have all the tools that you need. Bill, you hear Amanda over here. We, I was just saying, we first met Amanda. I mean, she wouldn't say nothing about it. She kind of running the table on it. I sure am proud of you, girl. I'm going to tell you the truth. But it's just a testimony to the grace of God that she said, right, now we don't need no pixie dust around here. We don't have, you know, people don't come in. We don't throw magic <laughs> dust on them. But i tell you what we do. We do our best, strive to introduce people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we love it? on them. Yeah, sure. What... Nobody, when you come here, we don't care what you've done. Miss Amanda, I mean, this is a homeless lady, had meth problem. I mean, she'll tell you. Trust me, I'm keeping her calm down up here. <laughs> uh, but we'll speak life into you, and you'll get to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I promise you. They, You haven't done anything. Somebody right here ain't done two or three times. Would you yeah, say right? yeah. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it's very important. Up. So you would tell them to come celebrate recovery. Yeah, come to celebrate recovery. Let us introduce you to Jesus because he, he is the way 100%. I mean, if it wasn't for him, then, I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have a home. We wouldn't have our sobriety. We wouldn't have our peace of mind that we have now. Um, I've been struggling recently with being a stay at home mom Mm -hmm. and not doing anything. I just stay home with my kids all the time. Yeah, sure. Well, I've been having a hard time with it and I wake up angry and I go to bed angry and I'm angry all through the day. Well, if I had the freedom that I'm so desperately wanting, I would mess up. Yeah. I know I would. You'd feel guilty about not being home with the kids, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But God, Jesus knows that, though. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Oh, no, he right. knows that if I had the freedom that mm-hmm. I think I want, I would mess up and mm-hmm. then I would regret it. And then so he knows. So my advice is, is to just give him the reins because he knows more about what's going on than we do. Sure. Now, let's talk to somebody. Let's talk to a young lady that's on meth. Okay. And she's struggling right now. Okay. She she does. She smokes meth, feels guilty. Mm-hmm. Sm- I ain't going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to run around with them people anymore. Then they call, hey, girl, what's going on? Y'all are going to come around my cutlass. I'm going to come in and see you. Now, what would you say to her? She's not any different than anybody else in addiction mm-hmm. because we do want help. We do want things different. We do want things to change. But then when it comes down to 
getting thick and dirty with it, we're scared. We can't, we feel like we can't do it. We feel like we're not strong enough. We feel like we're alone. There's no point in doing it. Why? I already got my kids taken away. You can get it all back. Every single bit of it, you can get it back with the Lord by your side and come into some kind of meeting. Even if you don't come here, we say it all the time. If you don't come here, go somewhere else. Right. Find right. what works for you and do it. Right. But you have got, you have to make your mind up that you're going to do it. Because if you come in and you're not serious about it, then it's not going to get you anywhere. Sure. Sure. Well, thank God for that. So let me tell you this again. Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you so much, he died on the cross to pay for your sin. You may be in all kinds of addictions. You may be addicted to you. You may be addicted to selfishness and unforgiveness and bitterness and anger. The Lord Jesus Christ will forgive you for anything, but you got to let him. The words repent, turning from my sin to Jesus Christ. And I promise you this, there is nobody in the history of mankind that has come to faith in Jesus Christ with a true heart now that means what they mean. And God has turned them away. The Bible says, he that come to me, I will no wise cast out. There's not a dope head. There's not somebody with a different sexual orientation. There's not anybody that hadn't just broke every rule there is to break that God hadn't forgiven. But you have to come to him. The serious word is called repentance. Let God have his. This Pastor Greg, I sure do love you. I can't tell you how proud I am, Miss Amanda. Honestly, I can't even believe she got up here and talked. But God has used her in somebody's life. So if you'd like to get in touch with her, hey, if you come at 3 o'clock, you can meet Miss Amanda. That's She's right. floating around here. I'll introduce you to her. And on behalf of Brother Bill and Brother Tyler, we love you. Thank God for you. And should you need us, please don't hesitate to call us. Have a great day.